and welcome to another episode of Enchanting Economics in New Mexico. This podcast is a production of Bieber, the recognized expert in socioeconomic data for the state of New Mexico. Your hosts, as usual, are myself, Rayanne McKernan, alongside Sarun Lytel. Joining us today is Daniel Gutierrez, the director of New Mexico Main Street. Daniel, thank you so much for taking time out to talk with us. Sure thing. So New Mexico Main Street, if I did my research correctly, is described by the Economic Development Department as a program of theirs that works throughout the state to help create an economically viable business environment while preserving cultural and historic resources. But when you go to New Mexico Main Street's website, which is www.nmmainstreet.org, it's actually so much more than that. Can we start at the beginning? Like when, where, how did Main Street get going? Sure. So uh, Main Street is part of a national network. And Main Street was created by National Main Street Center back in the 70s. And um, New Mexico got into it in, I think they, it was created by state statute in 1984. Uh, by then, um, Lieutenant Governor Mike Runnels. Um, so it was ran out of his office because I think he had been, been part of it or saw part of it when he was traveling and wanted to bring it to New Mexico. Um, so they, I think they started, I think, initially with six local programs and uh, it moved to the Economic Development Department in 1988. Um, it's been here in economic development since. Um, but basically National Main Street Center created like a four point approach to preservation-based economic development, really a, a way to revitalize downtowns. Um, and they created a four-point approach that focuses on design, uh, developing local capacity through organizational work, um, promoting a district, and um, also economic vitality so supporting new businesses coming in. And, and part of the design is like really started uh, working with uh, trying to save old buildings because uh, the National Main Street Center was actually a subsidiary, a subsidiary of the National Trust for Historic Preservation. But it, it was it had a lot of success, so they bring it to New Mexico in 1984 and started with six programs, and now uh, we have uh, 31 actually main, actual Main Street districts in New Mexico now. Wow. Yeah. So I was going to say, I saw on the website that it said there were 28 affiliated Main Street districts, eight state authorized arts and cultural districts, and more than 21 frontier community projects, eight history theater initiatives. Um, I do want to break these down and talk about each of those categories. But first thing I want to know is I'm assuming that all of this means that anyone can reach out to you for guidance or assistance for for their town or, or their preservation project. And, and what correct, I mean by that correct. is you don't have to be an official city or a county employee. You could be a business owner or a civic pride activist. Is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So the way we work, it's like a three-tier not so much a tier, three-legged partnership. So we have the state provides resources and technical assistance to local communities, but we work with usually a local nonprofit or community stakeholder group in conjunction with their local government, right? So we get inquiries from 
everybody um you know yeah it could be a business owner it could be someone that does community activist work um it could be a city official but we re do require in all the projects we do to have some kind of uh, public private partnership between the state local government and local stakeholders so we have a number of different programs and we are always open to people just reaching out um, if they have any questions or um, want to explore any potential projects. Wow, that's great. Um, so regarding Main Street districts, um, I see that there's affiliated and accredited districts. What is the difference? Um, so National Main Street um, Center and uh, it, the they go by Main Street America now, um, but they go. They have like a ten standards of accreditation that, you know, the accredited programs, um, and they're all re the Main Street districts, right? Whether you're accredited or affiliate, you're still a actual Main Street district. But accredited means that you're operating at a high level, that you've gone through um, an annual review to make sure that you meet those 10 standards that um, are established by, by National Main Street Center. Um, and so it's a higher level. It means you're more um, you're higher operating, you're more successful, you're you're doing all the things and you have the capacity and resources in place to be a high functioning Main Street organization. The uh, uh, the affiliated programs are usually are ones that um, are new to Main Street. Um, they could a new program that's just starting up. So they're just kind of building their capacity. They don't um, they, they may not have all their things in place yet um, or, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, programs over the years go up or down depending on their local executive director or how strong the board is so um they uh, an affiliated program can become an accredited program just based on how they're doing at any particular time okay but right now i think we got 28 accredited programs okay yeah and you mentioned 31 total main street programs right correct yeah correct Correct. Can can you give us a couple examples of some Main Street success stories? Sure. Um, <laughs> like right now, I, I and I mean I, I'm very proud of all the programs that we have right now, um, and especially around the Main Street, um, because that's like our 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 we're licensed and accredited by the National Main Street Center, so that is usually our focus, um, right. primarily why we were created. But yeah, like some of my programs that are just doing really, really great now, right now. And, and I'll focus on rural communities just because that is our bread and butter. We do have some um, urban um, programs as well that are doing great, but I think mm -hmm. like Raton um, is, is really, really doing great. Silver City and, you know, a lot of their works and Gallup as well. And all three of these communities have been working on um, public infrastructure projects. Uh, um, that they've been working with us. So it's a, a, a partnership between the state, local government and, and the Main Street community uh, to really, in Raton, they were um, redoing, I think three blocks of their downtown, um, but it was attached to other things that were going on in terms of investments in a multimodal center, because uh, there's a, actually a, a train stop there. Um, but we kind of redid the streetscape over there working with them. Um, and they really just build off of that by focusing on building rehabs, providing um, kind of a assistance to uh, and support to small business um, 
new, not just existing businesses, but recruiting new businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, it's actually a really, really great success story um, in terms of how far they've come in terms of increasing and filling vacancies. And even over the pandemic, I think they were super strong and, and, and prepared and, and well positioned, I think, for help supporting some of the uh, small businesses that were, you know, uh, going through some difficult times through um, they would do some uh, online sales. They could support with, uh, you know, website development. Um, like even during the closure, even getting some design assistance to help some of the businesses, um, you know, make sure that their outdoor space or indoor space was, um, you know, compatible with social distancing and, and public health orders. Sure. Are there any Main Street District programs that are um, in the process or getting ready to start working on something fun and exciting that you can share with us? Um, I mean, a lot of them, I mean, I think they're all doing really, really <laughs> exciting things. Um, you know, because I, 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 it's like the, the work is all kind of um, focused right now, a lot of on public infrastructure and building mm -hmm. off of it, right? Like really taking advantage of some mm -hmm. of those things. Um, I know um, Gallup just finished their Coal Avenues Commons project, mm -hmm. and that was a kind of an art. It, it was a, it, it was a, I would say a, a um, collaboration between I think the Arts Council there, the uh, Main Street, and and the city and the COG in terms of getting funding. Uh, they got some funding from us. They got some from. Um, other legislate their local legislators but yeah they finished i think their first phase um and they're just building off that i think with uh, arts and um arts and programming right just to start activating some of those spaces so i'm kind of looking forward to that as things open up uh with uh you know um the public health orders uh kind yeah. of as we get back into you know visiting downtown and bringing people downtown um there's a lot going on over there that I'm pretty excited, and same with Silver City. I think they're they're doing a lot more programming because both, actually, all three of those communities are both main streets and arts and cultural districts. So they do a lot of cult, cultural programming as well as the the bread and butter of the main street work in terms of supporting entrepreneurs and building rehabs. Nice, yeah. I'm excited to uh, get down to Silver City hopefully soon. I want to check that out, and I've always wanted to go check out the catwalks too. So. <laughs> I've been yeah. along on, on their, you know, town website some, but um, speaking of arts and culture districts, um, it looks like there are 12 projects and eight of which are state authorized. What, what does that mean? So the, uh, the arts and cultural district was created, I think in 2009 and then kind of uh, updated in uh, by state statute as well um, to in, in, um, I believe it was 2013 it was updated but so it, it's a combination um, of work and it, it's kind of similar to Main Street in a way um, uh, in, in terms of the approach but rather than just focusing on um, you know regular work that you would any community would do in in, in terms of revitalizing their their uh, downtown arts and cultural districts are focused on communities that have arts or cultural or, or creative economy assets that they want to really build out and highlight. Um, and it, it's really a partnership between 
the Economic Development Department through the New Mexico Main Street and the uh, Department of Cultural Affairs um, with the um, New Mexico Arts and Historic Preservation Division. Um, and the idea is that we're kind of focusing on, you know, some of the redoing and building up some of the really important um, um, historic buildings and, and, you know, there's some tax credit, additional tax credits uh, that, that can take place in, in our arts and cultural districts, but also some of the cultural programming uh, that happens uh, with um, New Mexico Arts. And it's actually, you can receive state authorization um, through uh, the New Mexico Arts Commission, and then I'm like the, the coordinator uh, for the ACDs. But it when you when you receive state authorization, it means that uh, you actually have the assets. You've kind of you have a cultural plan in place. You um, have done a lot of things to to really build out those assets that you have and and really make them shine. And so you know they become a, a destination uh, for other and we try other you know visitors, tourists. Um, and that you're um, moving things forward, whereas like some of these startups, you know, they're, they've identified, they have some assets, they want to become an arts and cultural district, but some of those ones are, we're working with them to help build out those assets so that we can uh, apply for state authorization when they're ready. Okay. And, and are there um, some arts and cultural districts that um, have made major impacts on, on their area of focus that you can tell us about? Yeah, I mean, the, the three I mentioned right already, I mean, the right. Gallup, Breton, um, uh, Silver City, but we also have uh, Mora um, is our our one and only arts and cultural compound. So because they, they don't have a big enough area to do a whole district, but they have this really, really great um, uh, compound where, you know, there's some uh, theater work going on there, the uh, mill uh, that they've been really, really uh, doing some really good work out there. Um, some of the other programs, uh, some of our, our startups that are really just trying to break it out, Corrales, we're trying to really focus on the scenic byway there and and build out um, their startup and we're hoping to move them to, to state authorization soon. Um, but they're trying to take advantage of, you know, the, the traffic that they come in and we're working with them to try to create a uh, more of a pedestrian path because right now there's not a lot of space to walk through there to really get people to move around and, and as safe as they want it to be. But mm -hmm. that's one of the cool things uh, that, that are going over there that we hope we can get done pretty soon. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Um, and, and what are frontier community projects and are there any interesting ones that you can share with us? Sure. So our, our, our frontier, it's, it's, we've, it's kind of changed to frontier and native American community, uh, initiative projects. Mm. Um, so, you know, like our main street programs, they, um, you know, we require a local nonprofit with a full-time executive director. Um, they work with the city uh, to do a lot of the downtown revitalization work. So they usually get some money from the city through a service contract. And then they they work with us and, um, you know, go through a lot of training, a lot of uh, detailed work that requires, you know, master planning and, and some of those things. Whereas, you know, we, I, I think uh, this, 
the Frontier Native American Communities Initiative was created, I think, in 2013. But the focus was to focus on maybe smaller communities that may not have the capacity to do a full Main Street or even arts and cultural district program. Um, so the idea, instead of you know thinking district wide, let's think how we can help some of the smallest communities just do a project, right? Build some capacity, get a get a win, um, provide some technical assistance, and you know we don't have to worry about the nonprofit. None of those things. We just need a stakeholder group that's willing to do something, right? Um, and uh, we, I mean, we've done a lot. I think we've completed over 28 projects since 2013 and um we just actually are bringing in six new projects this year um and some of the things that i'm I'm most excited about is is our focus on native american communities especially over the past um four years uh because i think right now we're working in hickories in uh, powake and um going to be in santo domingo and um laguna um, and Zuni's are one native, I think Zuni's the only Native American Main Street program in the whole country, which we're actually wow. proud of that one as well. Yeah, that's amazing. But a lot of them are focused on on arts and culture, like trying to build out their arts and cultural assets uh, for tourism, or to, you know, to promote tourism in certain areas. And some of the cool ones, I think, is um, like, especially in the, in, I think like Laguna could, is one of them. And we were doing something similar like this in, in Taos Pueblo as well, is trying to create alternate um, spaces where um, they could have conference so that, you know, where they could have a, like a pop-up market or or stalls where people could sell their their goods with you know year round because as you know you know many of them have ceremonial um time where the pueblo gets shut down so um it gives you know folks an opportunity to still you know sell their goods without disrupting the uh the uh you know the, the, the culturally sensitive um things that take place um at certain times of the year yeah Wow, that sounds incredibly helpful for them. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to ask about is the historic theater initiatives. And I know you kind of just touched on that a little bit already, but um, where are some of those happening? Because I find them like incredibly exciting. <laughs> sure, the, the most recent one is actually in Farmington at the Tota Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, we and, and really that's um, more of a, the, the focus and, and actually this started um, I, I think around I, I believe around 2012 but the idea was to help support some of the smaller rural theaters and prevent them from going dark because a lot of them didn't have the funding to um, convert them from uh, you know film to uh, to to uh, digital uh, projection and sound right um, yeah. it, it, it was uh, a lot of them were getting shut down, and um, I think over the years we've done um, Al- the Flickinger uh, Theater in Alamogordo, uh, the Luna Theater in Clayton, um, El Moro Theater, El Moro Theater in Gallup, uh, Lee Theater in Lovington, the Schuler Theater in Raton, um, Silver City and Tucumcari. We did projects as well, um, and all those theaters are still operating, um, and. I, I just think that, you know, they're, they're incredible anchors, I think, for any downtown district, especially in rural communities where people have to travel a long way to actually see a movie, right? 
Yeah. Um, so we were very, very fortunate to be able to work with the local Main Street program and the uh, local governments to find funding to keep those open. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because, you know, growing up in a small town myself, like, I don't know, there's just this feeling about those small town theaters, like you walk into them and, and it's just like, I don't know, it's different than it is like compared to going to a theater here. Like I, they just have this feel. I love it. Um, so I think yeah, cool. I mean, um, many of them are historic buildings too. And I, I yeah. think it's just, you know, it would be a shame to see some of those, you know, to lose some of those, right? Um, yeah. But it is, it, it, it is a very different experience. And um, fortunately I've been to every one of them so far. So I, except for Farmington, I haven't been to Farmington's theater yet, but I'm gonna be there, I think in the fall. Nice. Um, is there anywhere that you guys are working to bring Main Street assistance to in New Mexico that doesn't currently have it? Yeah, like I would say like our, our new um, ones that we are just, I, I think we're, doing a press release here uh, this week. Um, and this is through the uh, Frontier Native American Communities Initiative. So we're starting to work in, in uh, I think 10 new, 10 new areas, uh, communities. I mean, six of them are, are rural. Um, and those are like Santo Domingo, Ojo Encino, uh, Tierra Maria, uh, Tijeras, uh, Madrid, Sunland Park and we also started so those are, are smaller uh, just kind of project-based uh, Frontier Native American community projects that we're just starting this summer um, mm -hmm. and uh, that was through an, you know they we had an application process where folks applied and kind of looked over and were able to award some projects um, and then we also started this new urban neighborhood commercial corridor initiative this year um, it's kind of similar to the Frontier Native American Communities Initiative because we knew in Santa Fe, Las Cruces, and Albuquerque, there's a lot of neighborhood, um, you know, scale developments or, or commercial corridors that really just want to focus, you know, they want to work on, on one project because um, we have four programs in Albuquerque right now, actual Main Street projects, uh, South Valley, Barrellas, Downtown, and Knob Hill. But there's a lot of other communities that... Um, neighborhood level communities that really wanted some help on building some capacity and could potentially become a Main Street program in the future, right? Yeah. Nice. Saroon, do you have anything you want to ask? Hey, yeah. No, no, not really exactly for this one, but it's really good that those small communities are getting uh, help that I recently started going up in uh, Talos area and there is a, a small town with one store town, one USPS, really nothing else in there, but just that one place for everybody to hang out becomes this, that's the only grocery store, that's the only laundry place, that's the only everything, right? So it's, it's completely different yeah. when it comes to uh, rural towns and getting help. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, I, you know, it's it's really about capacity, you know, I mean, some of them, because unlike, you know, Albuquerque, Santa Fe, or even some of the small, or the, you know, the mid-sized towns that may have a, um, a planner or, you know, a city manager, I mean, sometimes it's the village clerk that's the only you know, real person that, that is supposed to do everything, right? So yeah. uh, any way we can get in there to help and, and provide, you know, a technical assistance and, and just resources is, is super beneficial for them. And that's kind of really what the, the especially the smaller frontier Native American community initiatives work, just kind of focusing on the smallest, smallest communities. Yeah. 
Um, is there anything that you would like to tell us that I didn't think to ask or that you want to make sure that people are aware of about Main Street or its projects? Um, I, I just, I would say just, you know, go to your local Main Street district. Um, you know, there, we're in 31 different communities throughout the state. Uh, our website, nmmainstreetorg.org, uh, does have a, a map of all our communities. And, uh, you know, if you're, if anybody's interested in even, you know, volunteering or working with their local Main Street community, uh, reach out to your local executive director because they're always looking for volunteers. And, you know, our work is really, you know, I always like to say we're, uh, we're like a nonprofit within state government because it's, you know, it's like we, we don't kind of have a top down approach. It's kind of a bottom up because um, it's really, we get involved when local uh, stakeholders and community members get involved, local business members, you know, when they have a vision and they want to get, get involved in kind of, you know, enhance their district or, or create new opportunities, you know, they reach out to us and yeah. we help them kind of realize that right so that's yeah. when it's important like you said you know can anybody reach out to us certainly anybody can reach out to us and um we can even you know work with you to create uh, a stakeholder group right yeah um well daniel that's all i really have for you um i i can't thank you enough for uh taking time out to talk with us and and also thank you for the work that you guys are doing because I think it's really important that, you know, we continue to build up these small New Mexico communities, which are incredibly unique and exciting and interesting all on their own. And, and I think it's great if you guys can help them not, you know, fall by the wayside. So thank you for that. Um, thank you. Thank you. And we appreciate all the work you guys do too. I, I know we've worked with Beaver in the past. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. We appreciate, you know, your contributions as well. Well, thank you. That's nice to hear. Um, that about wraps it up for us here at Enchanting Economics in New Mexico. Make sure you check us out online. We are at Bieber, that's B-B-E-R dot U-N-M dot E-D-U, or you can catch us on social media. We are on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, under at U-N-M Bieber. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.